Welcome to Tech Law Chat, our series of Coffee Break podcasts from Four Palm Court. I'm Matthew Levy. And I'm Ian Munro. Today's topic is defamation by AI. Ian, what's the scenario? So my client operates a media website and it churns out articles on a 24-7 cycle. And the context here is that AI is coming to newsrooms and my client has an AI tool of its own. Let's call it Bob, which generates articles that are published automatically on the internet. And well, one of these articles says that someone, let's call her Alice, is a big racist. And is she, or has General Bob got that wrong? Well, there were some reasonable grounds for thinking she's racist, but let's assume we're on thin ice here, and now Alice is threatening to sue. Okay, so in more analytical terms, what we potentially have here is the publishing of words to third parties containing an untrue imputation that harms the reputation of a claimant. Yes. So on the face of it, we've got the basic elements of the tort of defamation. And I can assume there's serious harm to Alice's reputation, and therefore I can assume we've satisfied the threshold test for liability under Section 1 of the 2013 Defamation Act. Yes, that's a fair assumption. Okay, so so who's Alice threatening to sue? Not Bob, I assume. Well, actually she is, as you know, but Alice apparently doesn't. Under English law, to be classified as an author, you need to be both the originator of the statement and a legal person. Well, without legal personality, Bob isn't an author and therefore can't be sued. But I take it Alice isn't putting all her eggs in that basket. I mean, she's also presumably suing the website operator, your client. Yes, she is. And just sticking with authorship, it remains to be seen whether the court's going to treat a defendant company like my client as an author of AI-generated material on the basis that its employees develop the underlying algorithm or tool. But particularly whereas here we're talking about black box machine learning, that's a long way from traditional authorship, and it would be quite a radical extension of the law as it's currently understood. Yes, so once Alice's legal team start thinking about this they're going to avoid going down that particular rabbit hole, aren't they? They're not going to bother to try and identify an author. They're simply going to sue your client in its capacity as commercial publisher or possibly editor. And the inability to identify a human author, yeah, right, it makes it difficult to sue the author, but it shouldn't actually stop others such as your client being liable for the publication, should it? Yeah, I think that's right. Now, just moving on in the analysis, to impose legal responsibility on a person under common law, there's that mental element. The claimant has to demonstrate knowing involvement in the process of publishing the relevant works. And so it's not enough that a person plays a passive role, even if that role happens to be instrumental. Of course, there have been other cases on different facts concerning auto-generated statements, really in the context of internet search engines. And there it's been successfully argued that search engines are mere facilitators for whom there's no responsibility or liability. Well, that's pretty controversial, isn't it? Because in other jurisdictions, some of the search operators argue what amounts to the polar opposite. They say their search algorithms make editorial decisions akin to newspapers. And of course they do that because that makes them deserving, they say, of free speech protections. Uh, However, you're, you're of course right, it's the law here. But the search engine analogy is not a perfect one. Here we're not talking about search engines. We're talking about a company developing an AI to create and publish content of its own. 
And it seems to me that in that scenario, the mental element should be much easier to establish. Yeah, I agree. I think my client is likely to be seen as the primary publisher, with the intent traced all the way back to the development process and the decision to set the AI into operation. And as a commercial publisher, like an author or editor, my client can't distance itself from Bob the robo-journalist by pleading ignorance of the defamatory content. And while there are, of course, important caveats... Once there's that intention to publish, there's strict liability for the statement. Hmm. And so a lack of motive or intention to refer to Alice or defame offers no defence. So on that note, I'm considering what defences my client might actually have. Yeah, okay. So, so you mentioned the articles are published automatically on the internet. Was there prior human review? No, and that's obviously a problem because, as you know, the relevant legislation and common law principles often assume human authorship or review. They do indeed. I mean, you mentioned there were some reasonable grounds for forming the opinion that Alice was a racist, and in normal circumstances that would naturally lead one on to Section 3 of the Defamation Act 2013, the Honest Opinion Defence. So if we just think through that one, uh, the starting point is an opinion which an honest person could have held. That, that's an objective test, so so far so good. I guess the difficulty we've got there is under subsections 5 and 6, because in effect, the defence is defeated if the defendant itself didn't hold the opinion, or if you're dealing with publication of a statement of another legal person, if the defendant knew or ought to have known that the author didn't hold the opinion. So we've got a problem there, haven't we? Right. So if we're really considering a statement of opinion as opposed to one of fact then an AI isn't a legal person. And what's more, weak AI, like Bob, can't be thought to hold an opinion as intended by the legislation. So my client, who doesn't involve itself in the review, can't take the benefit of this defence. Right, OK. What about the public interest defence under the Defamation Act Section 4? That's the 2013 Act. Actually, no, that's not going to work either, is it? Because that requires a reasonable belief too. This time a belief on the part of the defendants that publishing the statement complained of was in the public interest. And given that Bob can't believe anything, and given that your client had no editorial oversight, that route seems to be closed. Uh, just, Just stepping back from this, isn't the short point that given the lack of human involvement, either in the creation of the content or editorializing it, you're rather stuffed because you can't make out the subjective element. That's a big problem. On these assumed facts, it's looking like This is a case in which my client's going to need to make an early offer to make amends under Section 2 of the Defamation Act 1996. Uh, Right, like I just said, you mean you're stuffed? Yeah, my client is going to have to chalk this one up to experience and learn from it. You're stuffed. (laughs) Yeah, my client can take away this, that those engaging robo-journalists may find themselves liable for their defamatory statements. And so if an operator wishes to have that fuller array of defences for defamation, and indeed as a matter of practicality, the sympathies of the court, careful human review before publication is typically needed. And obviously that's what prudent media companies do for their human authors. And so in this sense, robo-journalists are no different. In AI jargon, this is about having humans in the loop, And so where the use case demands it, as here, this input needs to be built into the design and the monitoring obligations. Completely agree. Thanks for listening to us chat about defamation by AI. For references and citations, visit us at techlaw.chat. And if you feel so inclined, please subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts.
This podcast is provided for the purposes of general education and entertainment only and does not constitute legal advice. The presenters disclaim all liability for the consequences of reliance being placed on what they have said. The value of investments can go down as well as up and you may never recover the time devoted to listening to this podcast.